Okay, you should put it closer to me. I'm going to be doing all the talking. <laughs> this is Federico Ugi Drummer, and welcome to a new episode of All the Talking Podcast. A few days ago, I was in Bologna, Italy, and I met up with the music educator, composer, musician, Sabine Matin, also member of the legendary group Test. So, Sabir, I remember in the past you telling me about you playing with uh, a number of musicians, but some, some stories uh, stuck. And uh, I remember you telling me about CISO. Mm-hmm. What, what was your experience playing with CISO? Hey, it was just an experience, you know? But you know what was interesting was I found myself playing more inside Cecil than outside. Whatever that is supposed to mean, I don't know. And I didn't play much altissimo until the orchestra came in. But I didn't know what I was doing with Cecil. You know, what I mean, I don't know what I'm doing. It doesn't mean I don't know anything. You know, I know what I was doing, but I don't know. It means I didn't plan my solo. I didn't plan how to play. And I didn't think in my solos because, as Sonny Rollins said, It's better to play music without thinking. And as Barry Harris said, when you think about playing, you could have played four or five different phrases. And that's all that stuck with me, you know. I know playing with Cecil made me experience the whole history of the music. He has everything in his playing, you know. Tradition, the future, the past, everything. Yeah, and just that. You know, just that. And, uh, he's, he's, it, was, it was an experience to remember. You know, that's all you can say when you get to play him. You know, you play, you know, you think about playing with Cecil Taylor. You just think about making music with a musician, you know. Because when you start thinking about names and all that, hangs you up, you know. I just solo, you know, play. And I hear what the, hear what the person's playing. And hopefully I can add to what that person is doing. Sure. You know. One of the best shows, live shows I've ever seen in my life was test just uh, just after September 11th. Oh, you were telling me about that. Arquando, uh, it was three people in the audience, me, Steve Dalachinsky, and Billy Bang, and Test. Just amazing, an amazing performance. When I think about Test, I think about the group, i think about the energy and all the stories I heard from, from you and, and Daniel Carter. Who's Daniel Carter to you? Who's Daniel Carter? Now, first of all, Daniel Carter is more than a person to me, more than a brother, more than an individual. Daniel Carter is Daniel Carter. When I play music, we play as one. Don't explain that, you know, because I can't explain. I just know when we played together, we gelled right away. I first met him, and he was playing at Grand Central Station. My jaw was broken, you know, and he met me. And told me later he thought I would never play again. <laughs> and uh, I did. What's the marvelous music we play? Great music. We played a lot of good music together. 
you know. And I see Daniel on occasion. And uh, we played, talked, and uh, we, it was marvelous. Then Tess came about, and Tommy was always walking the subway, and he was glad to see me again. And he said, hey, man, I got this group. If you really want to play, we can play together. And I didn't want to do it at the beginning. I really didn't want to do it. And he kept telling me over and over again, you know. You know. And Daniel was in the group. You know. That was 1992. Hmm. You know, and uh, I just kept playing and playing. You know. One thing that you were telling me earlier on is that you never rehearsed with Daniel. No, we never rehearsed. A lot of people think I joined Tess years later, but I didn't. I was there basically at the beginning. Not at the beginning, but basically, because we've only been together three months. <laughs> at the beginning still, you know. So, um, it was a trio for a couple of years. Then all of a sudden we met Matt Hayner at a few sessions, and Tom wanted, wanted a bass player. I was kind of reluctant against it, but I said, hey, if it helps the group, it's all right with me, you know. Because you say, I mean, Nixon is a trio. I got tapes of the three of us, you know. Yeah, yeah quite a few cassettes, you know. And uh, But in 95, we, the four of us became a unit. And it was great. Well, <laughs> another, another recording that is coming out soon is uh, Survival Situation. It features Patrick Holmes. Who's Patrick Holmes to you? Well, Patrick Holmes is Patrick Holmes. Patrick wanted to study clarinet with me, which of course he did. I told Patrick he was going to be a good musician someday because he was very interested in learning and very serious. And so I told him he was going to learn. And he knew about the music. You know. And last time when I saw Patrick, I was really quite impressed that uh, he grew and that um, he made me kind of proud of him. So I think if Patrick stays on his path, he'll be a master musician. He's on the way there. It's up to him what he wants to do. You know, and I'll keep pushing. <laughs> Through the years, I heard some amazing stories from you. Another beautiful story is uh, you telling me uh, about playing with Sun Ra and being on the phone with Sun Ra. Well, I've been on the phone with Sun Ra more than play with him. But I used to be on conversation in Philly with someone on the telephone for three or four hours. Yeah, a long time, you know? Talking about life, talking about anything, music. Anything, yeah, everything. Everything. Mm. Everything in general, you know? What was it like to be, to grow up in Philly in the 60s? Well, probably like most poor areas, you know? Like most poor areas suffering. You know, but enjoying life. Police keeping tabs on us at all times. You know, I mean, everywhere I think they was keeping like tabs on us and everything we did. You know, more than four or five on the corner, they stop us. You know, some places places were really unlucky. They got beat. We luckily we didn't, but we got harassed and everything. You know, so it was like that. You know. And, uh, but growing up, I mean, I had a good time, grew up around a lot of beautiful friends, you know. Um, how did you get started with music? It was something that came from your family or? Well, I didn't really have a musical family, but I did because 
You see, like, everyone in each part of the family, like cousins and all that, we all play, they at least one of us who played music, you know? Like I told you, my cousin played drums. I had another cousin, these are around my age, I had another cousin who played alto sax, you know? Now, I had an older, older cousin who was by marriage who played baritone on recordings. He was a member of MSFB. You know, he did a lot of Philly, a lot of Philly international recordings. When you hear baritone, that's him. He went on tour with the Tramps, you know. So it was like that. And like I said, when I was very young, I picked up a cornet trying to play that. And the vibration of the lips would turn me away from it, you know. Even though later I got a trumpet, you know. A trumpet from my friend Meg. And uh, I played it. And Rafe liked it. He wanted it. It was a C trumpet, trumpet in C. Rafa Malik? Yeah. So I gave it to him. Then he gave me a trumpet and trade for it. And that's the one I played the whole time. But also, when it got to wind, the first wind instrument I played was the flute. I used to play piccolo and piccolette, stuff like that, to prepare for flute. Then I played a flute, you know. And for a period of time, it was only flute. So what would you say is, is your main instrument? What do you consider your main instrument? Every one of them is my main instrument. Every one of them is my main instrument. You know? Now, if you want to know what they all mean, that's different. Like, I have a favorite instrument, which is my clarinet. I have an instrument, which is my voice, which is the tenor. I have... The alto, which rescues me from everything, you know, it's alto to the rescue. The others, hey, they all have a purpose, and they all help each other, you know, the piccolo, the alto clarinet, and the uh, soprano. Soprano's my baby, because that's what I just had. I love none no better than the other. Because <laughs> yeah. instruments do have souls, and hearts, and minds, and... They will become jealous. <laughs> you should find a way to play them all. But sometimes you might bring on instruments that are not necessary. I've learned that. I can't speak for Daniel, but I've learned that, you know? Sometimes when I bring instruments, it's not necessary to play it, you know? And then I bought it, and then it's hard to play, you know, because it wasn't meant to be. But you have to feel it before you hit it. You know, you got to feel everything. Yeah. That's what music gets, you know, because it's a feeling, you know. It's always a feeling. You got to hear it before you play it. Mm. You, know? you just can't just play your instrument. Something that I remember, something that I remember is Tom Bruno saying that if you want to learn an instrument, you have to take it to the street. And like, we all played on the street before Tess, all of us, you know. I don't know about Matthew, but me, Daniel, and Tom, we were already street veterans when we played with Tesla. You know, we already played on the street many times. Yeah. Because I played in the street in Los Angeles. That's where I started. Then I played in the street in Philly. And I went on vacation in Atlanta, played on the street. Came back to Philly, played on the street. I played in New York before I moved to New York. Off and on, you know, 
I played in uh, Nagoya, Japan. Mm. So we had to ask the mob, could we play on the street? They said, yeah. Because they, um, was that? They said, yeah. So, all these cities I had street experience, you know? Something else I wanted to ask you about, it's uh, your relationship to to New York. You were in New York for many years. Now you're not there anymore. What do you think about the community? You miss it? You you don't? You feel like New York has changed too much? Well, I miss the people in the community. I miss the people with the music. I miss the people, the people in New York. It's an expensive place to live, you know? Too expensive for me. Very expensive, you know? But how do I feel about New York? It was and probably always be a love-hate relationship. But you don't know it unless you experience it. And Sabia, do you have a, do you have a message for your friends in New York? Do you want to say anything? Well, the only thing I can say is uh, Happy New Year. Peace and blessings to all of you, and uh, I hope you continue on with your music because it will inspire me to keep on with mine. So, uh, hey, pleasant greetings and salutations to all of you out there in the listening area that can hear me, to my brothers and my sisters, big ones and little ones. Let me just say hi to you all, and I'm doing okay. I'm alive and look to 6 9 this year where everything will be fine. <laughs> so I can make to 7 0 and be in the know. All right, people. Peace and blessings.